0: and welcome to the employment law show you want to reach out anytime you know the number 1-855-821-5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca is the way to go through email we'll try to get some of those today lots on the show today including everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal that is on the way in just a bit first so uh leor we always get to the uh the way we warm up on every show, and that's the week that was. What's uh, what's going on in your world?
1: Hey, John. What's going on? The usual stuff is going on. I speak with a lot of people every day. You know, it's, it's, uh, By the time I get home, I have no voice because I've spent hours and hours talking to people, explaining legal rights, helping solve workplace problems. I actually prefer that over email because I can ask questions. People can ask me questions. So if you have any issues, any questions, problems with your workplace, hey, no problem. We can solve those. And often we can solve those quickly and easily so reach out to me at any time we'll give you my email my phone number so you can talk to me and ask those questions there's always solutions to those problems but you gotta make that call first so don't be bashful i promise i'll, I'll take the time or my team will take the time to talk to you and explain things and hopefully put you at ease with respect to your workplace problems but let's get that down uh, to it and week there was Couple of situations that came across my desk. First one started with an email and, and you know this one, John, really made me shake my head, although maybe it shouldn't have. We talked many times before on the show about how you cannot call and should not call the labor board or the ministry of labor when you lose your job. And usually we talk about that because the information they'll give you, at least the the assessment of the severance that they'll give you, is incorrect. Well, this one is a bit of a twist on that. This particular person that called me had worked in construction for fifteen years. Uh, And he was let go, nothing wrong that uh, the company did Just let him go because they uh, didn't need him anymore And as is often the case with construction companies They said, no, there's no severance for you Well, he did what he thought was reasonable He called the Ministry of Labor And he said, what do I get? So they asked him for his job He said he's in construction They stopped him right there and said Well, you're in construction Construction doesn't get severance So you're not owed anything and he only contacted me because his sister listens to this show and she said, no, no, you got to call Lior. Uh, and he sent me an email and then we got on the phone. So here's the thing, John, of course he gets severance. Yeah. Construction employees get severance. In fact, he's owed about a year's pay, one year's pay. You know, that's, that's over $60,000 that he is owed. Uh, and the information that he got was completely wrong. And why did he get that information? Well, Remember, there's a difference between your full entitlements and your minimum entitlements. His minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act are zero because construction employees generally are not covered by the Employment Standards Act. So when he called the Ministry of Labor and he said he's in construction, they immediately shut down. They said, no, 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 construction doesn't apply, no severance, you're not covered. Except that's irrelevant. That's only something, uh, all a portion of his entitlements, his full entitlements, what we call his common law entitlements, are the same as every employee. He is owed severance. He's owed 12 months severance. And thank God he called me. Can you imagine walking away and realizing maybe when it's too late that you were owed a year's pay? And I wanted to remind people of two things. Number one, you cannot, should not, ever, ever, ever contact the Ministry of Labor. Contact the Labor Board If you lost your job, you can contact them for other things, but not for that. They cannot advise you. And if you get that advice, you'll ultimately leave money that you are legally owed. You have to speak to me. You don't like me. Speak with another employment lawyer, but you have to do that. And second, of course, what flows from that, uh, construction employees. We've talked about this before. We'll talk about it in the future again. Construction employees do get severance. You heard me right here, folks. You do get severance the same as every other employee based on your age, position and length of employment.
0: It's something that uh, will probably fester for years, people thinking they don't get severance, which is the reason why we keep reminding them, right?
1: <laughs> That's why we're here. That's why we've been doing this for all these years. We'll continue to do that because people get severance and people believe things that are not true or misconceptions are out there. And it's, it's a shame when the government, the Ministry of Labor perpetuates right. these misconceptions, but we're here to tell people the truth.
0: Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. What else you got going on this morning, pal?
1: spoke with another gentleman who, uh, believe it or not, uh, was also himself a, a victim of workplace harassment and actually arguably sexual harassment. His boss, who was a, a male, d- took it upon himself, I guess jokingly, to touch him inappropriately. What? And yeah, exactly. He thought it was funny. It was a joke. I don't necessarily think he meant anything sexual by it, but it was completely inappropriate. And, you know, initially this this particular guy decided to ignore it, kind of hoping that his boss will just get the message that it's not yeah. cool. And when it never happened. He scheduled a meeting with them and he said, listen, I, I, this behavior of yours, it's got to stop. You can't do this. You can't touch me. It's inappropriate. It's embarrassing. I'm not comfortable with it. He said exactly what he should have said. Well, wouldn't you know it, within 24 hours, he has a nice big fat letter of termination on his desk saying, we're terminating your employment for, for business reasons. John, it was clear what happened here. He complained about harassment, and he was terminated as a result. Maybe his boss was was upset that he had the audacity to do that. Right. Now, even though he only worked there for six months, he's owed severance. This was a wrongful dismissal. But beyond that, you cannot be fired for raising harassment allegations. Doesn't matter if you're a male or you're a female. If the harasser is a male or a female. Either way, it's illegal. This was also sexual harassment. It's a human rights issue. It's a reprisal. It's a wrongful dismissal. You name it, it's illegal. The lesson, the message is very clear. You have a right to a workplace that's free of harassment, male or female, it's the same thing. You cannot be punished for raising it. You cannot be punished for standing up for your rights. And if you are punished, the law is going to come down quite hard on that employer.
0: I imagine you know a few years ago it might have been like ah come on suck it up I'm just kidding but now the, the law does not mess around with that stuff
1: right? Yeah when I started practicing law that's probably that, that probably would have been the answer come on you know be uh, have some fun or whatever it's not a big deal no not the not the message anymore not the way the law operates it's a serious thing it's unacceptable and and everyone needs to understand that.
0: We'll take a uh, short break first one of the show, and then we'll get right back into it. Help uh, at employmentlawyer.ca to reach out through email 18558215900 as well. It's the Employment Law show right here on Global News Radio. Employment Law Show, and we're right back at it here. The phone number, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca as we continue. Everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal. This topic uh, will never go away because people keep getting it wrong, right?
1: It, it is. And, and you know, yeah. the, the name itself could be a bit misleading, so we're going to talk about what that is. And it's a very common situation. People often uh, believe that they're wrongfully dismissed when they haven't or don't realize that they've been wrongfully dismissed dismissed when they have so we want to talk about what wrongful dismissal is how it works uh, you know what the law is and of course very important what to do if you're ever been wrong if you're ever wrongfully dismissed so stay tuned for that
0: before we talk about what it is why don't you tell us what it isn't might uh, might be a good way to start
1: right? it it is a good way to start so a, a wrongful dismissal what it's not it's not a situation where you're let go for a bad reason Most people, when they contact me and they use the words wrongful dismissal, uh, say that they've been wrongfully dismissed because they're upset at the reason. They don't think the reason is legitimate. They think that the company got it wrong or that the company was unfair and unreasonable and they shouldn't have let them go. And I understand that. I would feel the exact same way if I was let go for no good reason. But that is not, unfortunately, a wrongful dismissal. It's not. Because an employer is allowed to let you go for bad reason or for no reason as long as severance is paid. So even though you believe that the company said you did something uh, and that's not true or that the company should have let someone else go because they have less experience, and those things may be true and legitimate, it doesn't change the fact that the termination itself is legal. We'll talk about compensation and severance. But generally speaking, if you've been let go for a bad reason, that is not a wrongful dismissal. What makes it a wrongful dismissal is being let go without proper severance.
0: Okay, some examples. So explain uh, what it is to be wrongfully dismissed.
1: So there's really two types of wrongful dismissal. The, The most common type is someone being let go and simply not being paid proper severance or enough severance. We call this a termination without cause. So being let go without cause is not a wrongful dismissal. What makes it a wrongful dismissal is that you were let go without the severance that you are owed, without proper compensation or enough compensation. And most people that are let go without cause, whether it's cost cutting or restructuring or what have you, are offered pennies on the dollar. So if you've been offered six months severance and you should have been offered more than that, eight, 10, 12, 15 months, that is a wrongful dismissal. Not not enough notice, not enough severance makes it a wrongful dismissal. The other type, which is very similar, is when you're let go for cause without severance when it's not really cause. The company maybe says you did something that's bad, so we can't let you go without compensation. If it's not quite at the level of cause, and because of that, you're not getting severance, that is a wrongful dismissal. But bottom line, whichever way you look at it, a wrongful dismissal has nothing to do with the reason. It has everything to do with compensation, with severance. That's why we spend so much time talking about it on the show. If you're let go and you're not offered proper severance, you've been wrongfully dismissed.
0: Okay. In the case where you know confusion has set in, how can someone know if they've been wrongfully dismissed or not?
1: Well, it's it's easy, uh, actually. And, and it, it didn't used to be. It used to be that you need to get legal advice immediately to find out if you've been wrongfully dismissed. But right now, you can go to severancepaycalculator.com or pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. And, and you can find out what you should have received. And if you do that and you find out what you should have received and you realize that what you've actually received is less than that, well, that's a wrongful dismissal. Keep in mind, 90% plus more than 90% of people when they're let go are offered less. So more than 90% of people, John, when they're let go, even though they're let go for legitimate reason, are actually wrongfully dismissed because they're not offered enough severance. So you, anytime you're let go, you should assume You've been wrongfully dismissed only because most people are. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. Call me. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Find out what you're actually owed because if you don't and you sign off on that termination letter, by the time you do get advice, John, it'll be too late.
0: Yeah, you know, you mentioned pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll get to more of that in just a minute. It's, it's really, this is new and it's a, it's a fantastic tool uh, for sure. So someone knows now that they've been wrongfully dismissed. What if your employer gave you notice of termination instead of severance? Could you still be wrongfully dismissed in that case?
1: So remember the the general idea is that instead of severance, a company can decide to simply give you the equivalent by way of advance notice. So if you're owed six months severance as an example, instead of paying you that six months severance, the company can simply give you notice that in six months you no longer have a job. They give you six months notice of termination. So some companies choose to do that. Not too many, but some companies would do that. But here's the thing you may have received advanced notice of termination, but you may still be wrongfully dismissed because in many cases that an amount of notice is not adequate. Mm. So let's say you were, you were owed six months notice and the company gives you two months notice. Right. Well, they still owe you the difference and that difference is going to have to be paid to you by way of severance. So if you're let go without sufficient notice, that is also a wrongful dismissal. So always, always important to make sure that you got enough notice, that you got enough severance. Most people, the majority of people, if I lined up 10 people right here, nine of them, if they're let go, would have received not enough notice, not enough severance. And John, usually it's to the tune of th- tens of thousands, not to the tune of hundreds.
0: And and they would just think, uh, you know, the uh, the employer knows better. The big bad company should know, not me. So I'm not even going to think about it, which is the first mistake, right?
1: Absolutely. And, and yeah. two things I'll say about that. Number one... The company may well know better, and they hope that you don't know better, and most people don't. Most people don't understand that they're owed more, so that's problem number one. But the other thing is, yes, the company may actually not know themselves. The company may not understand or appreciate how much they owe. They may want to do the right thing, but not understand. That's very common, so you can't assume that the company knows what, they, what what their obligations are, that they've offered you the right amount. In almost every case, that's simply not true
0: pocketemploymentlawyer.ca we'll cover that here in just a few minutes but still we'll continue our discussion about everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal any questions above that uh, 1-855-821-5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca lots more employment law show is on the way global news radio employment law show continues to reach out get a hold of Lior and the team 1-855-821-5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca and uh, we're talking everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal You know, we spoke many times before about constructive dismissals, difference between a wrongful and a constructive. Break it down. Yeah,
1: very important. You know, we know that a constructive dismissal happens when an employer makes significant changes to the terms of employment and the employee chooses to treat that as a termination. So remember, an employee does not have a right to make significant changes, whether it's to your job, to your compensation, to your work location, pay structure, etc. And if they do, you can treat that as a termination. Well, a constructive dismissal is a type of wrongful dismissal. It is, a constructive dismissal is a wrongful dismissal. Because if the company says, we're changing your pay by 20%, and you say, well, no, no, I'm treating that as a termination and leave, well, they've just terminated your employment and they haven't paid you any severance, which means that's a wrongful dismissal. And of course, we deal with it, we resolve it, and we get you the severance. So a constructive dismissal and a wrongful dismissal go hand in hand. It's constructive as a type of wrongful dismissal. So remember the rule, your company changes your your uh, terms of employment, or, or maybe your. Uh, In a work environment that makes it very difficult to continue working, if you choose to leave as a result, in most cases, you've been wrongfully dismissed, you've been constructively dismissed, and you're owed your full severance.
0: How difficult is it though to resolve a wrongful dismissal matter? Because most people are wanting to get right on top of it, right?
1: So when I speak on the radio and I talk talk to people and I say, yay, call me, email me if you've been wrongfully dismissed, Uh, email me, contact me if you lost your job, most people... When they choose not to do that, despite hearing me, don't do that because they're afraid of the process. They're afraid, well, it's going to take too long. I don't want to go to court. I think it's going to be uh, complicated or it's going to cost too much. And you know what? If we were talking about other things like you know criminal law or, or other types of law, that may be true. But it's not true when it comes to employment law and specifically when it comes to wrongful dismissal. That process to resolve a wrongful dismissal situation is not complicated, and it usually doesn't even involve having to start legal action. Oftentimes, we can engage the company in a negotiation. We send a letter, they respond, we negotiate, then we move forward, and even if legal action has to be started, you're not going to see the inside of a courtroom 99.5% of the time. Okay, it's th- these matters resolve, it's not complicated, it's not rocket science in most cases, and, and it can resolve usually within anywhere from two weeks to two months, the majority of cases will. And in many yeah. cases, the costs could be negligible and we get the company to cover most or all of those costs. So I want people to understand it's not complicated to resolve a wrongful dismissal case don't be afraid of the process. Don't be afraid of things that are simply not true. If you want to know more about your matter, and how to resolve it, what to do about it, how long it's going to take, let's talk about it. Let's have a discussion, and I can answer all those questions.
0: You know, it's a number you should keep on your uh, on your phone at all times. Just uh, put it under Lior and put, uh, you know, the Employment Law Show, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You can also check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, which we'll get here. In uh, just a few minutes, so so basically you've been let go, and you've probably been wrongfully dismissed. What are the steps from the get-go? How do I resolve it?
1: So, first thing you do is you want to uh, make sure that you have your letter of termination in hand. You cannot sign that letter, cannot, cannot sign it. Uh, and I know there's a deadline. Ignore that deadline. It means nothing. So get that letter of termination. You want to also have a copy uh, or try to get a copy of your employment agreement or job offer letter that you may have signed. We we may want to look at that. If there's other documents you think are are important, maybe there's a performance improvement plan or a performance review, let's have that. So have those documents that are relevant there. Have them handy because I'm going to want to see them. In the meantime, check out severancepaycalculator.com or pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to get a census to what you're owed so that you can have that information. And then once you have that Let's let, reach out to me, let's have a chat. I can tell you what you wrote, I can tell you what the process is, and, and we can have that discussion. So gather the documents, uh, make sure you, you uh, get a sense of your entitlements even before we speak just so that you're not surprised, you're not thinking uh, you know something that's simply not true. And then let's have that chat, let's get this resolved, and let's move forward with the much better and much more appropriate severance package
0: the whole thing is not to be afraid of it jump on it get on it because there's going to be money owed and it's it's wrongful i mean it's all in the title right get
1: on it i'll say i'll say that exactly as you said number 1 if you wait too long you may find out that you've waited too long but the the other problem is this if you wait if in the meantime you find another position you may find out that your entitlements have been minimized you want to try to resolve your your wrongful dismissal claim as soon as you can even before you found another position position so that you can get your full entitlement so time is not your friend when it comes to losing your job, when it comes to wrongful dismissal. Not to mention that if you lost your job, you still have bills to pay. You still have financial obligations. You want to resolve it so that we can get you that money, so you can continue living and, yeah. and meeting those obligations. So if you lost your job, let, this is not a time to be hesitant. It's not the time to take your time. Let's talk about it as soon as possible.
0: You know, before we uh, take a break, we've mentioned about it, uh, talked about it about three times so far, just, just basically. Give me some more details on Pocket Employment
1: Lawyer. So pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, it's like having your own employment lawyer on your phone, on your tablet, on your desktop, with you whenever you want it, and, and, and getting that information that's specific to you. It can help you assess whether you've been wrongfully dismissed, if the company has cause to let you go. If you've been constructively dismissed, it can help you assess if you're an employee or an independent contractor. If you're a victim of workplace harassment or if you have problems with your disability insurer, you can get answers to all those questions. You simply answer a few questions, you press the button, and it tells you everything about your specific situation. It's not some sort of a a blog. It's not an article. It's a tool. We're using technology here to provide you specific information and legal advice as to your matter. So check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. I have a lot of uh, my colleagues at other firms not liking me very much these days because I created this tool and the things that people with lawyers usually charge for, uh, for right. we, we're using the pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for. It's free. It's anonymous. It's easy to use. There's no excuse not to, not to check it out. Even if you're just curious to know, hey, do I have a case? No need to hesitate anymore. pocketemploymentlawyer.ca.
0: Well said, my friend. We'll take a break from there. And when we come back, you may have been constructively dismissed. If we'll get to those talking points, we'll so stick around for that. one 821 5900 to reach out and help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Employment Law Show right here. You'll want to reach out. It's one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Lawyer.ca, and as we spent some time on it just before the uh, the end of the last segment, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Yeah, you're right. It's like having an employment lawyer in your pocket, on your phone, at all times. So check it out, even if just uh, for interest's sake, in the next little while. And I'm sure you'll be uh, be impressed in referring to it sometime uh, down the line. You may have been constructively dismissed if... We kind of touched on constructive dismissal in our last conversation when we were talking about wrongful dismissal, right?
1: Right. And then a a constructive dismissal is a type of wrongful dismissal, as we said, and it it usually comes... To when your employment has either been changed or something happened to your job that makes it difficult to continue working. So over the next couple of segments, we want to give some specific examples of, of the more common types of wrongful dismissal or constructive dismissal, I should say, so that you know to identify them. And then of course, you know what to do if you ever find yourself in that situation.
0: All right, first one out of the gate, you may have been constructively dismissed if your employer changed or did anything negative to your compensation. Kind of a no-brainer, you think.
1: That's the big one, and that's kind of the easiest one to identify. If your compensation has changed in a negative way, that is often a constructive dismissal. Now, to, to understand, I'm not just necessarily talking just about pay reduction. Clearly, a pay reduction would be something that's illegal and and can result in a constructive dismissal. But I'm talking about even more subtle changes, like changes to compensation structure. So, for example, the commission structure was changed or, or the bonus structure was changed. And as a result, you're not making as much money. Or maybe the company says we're gonna you know we're gonna reduce your salary, but don't worry, we'll make it up to you by giving you more commissions. Still, the fact that the compensation structure has changed, even though you may net the same, that alone is a big change that the company doesn't have a right to do. So anytime we're talking about changes to compensation, changes to money, then that is something that is is almost sacred. The company should not touch that, should not change that. And if they do, you have the choice to make to either accept that and continue working or treat that as a constructive dismissal. And most people, whenever you you touch compensation, yeah, they, they probably decide to go the constructive dismissal route, John.
0: What if it's a case where it's, I mean, it's, it's not half your pay, say it's 5%, maybe 10%. You're making decent coin and you think, you know what? I love the job. I've been here for years. I'll suck it up and take one for the team. What are the pitfalls of doing
1: that? <laughs> and, and I've spoken many, many times with people that have decided to do that because they figured, you know, I'm still making good income. I like my right. job. I like my employer. And that's fine. And I'm never going to tell you, my God, don't do that. But you have to understand that by opening that door a crack, by allowing the company to make that one change you may have just given them the right to do it again and again and again. You've created this precedent. And the next time they make a change like that, and you say, well, now I don't want to accept that because it's too much. At that point, you may not be able to do anything. You may not be able to say constructive dismissal because five years ago, you made the you allowed them to make that change. So... To me, this is my own view. If a company starts changing compensation, start, start changing compensation structure, you have to take it seriously. You really have to consider constructive dismissal because down the road, if you don't, you you may well regret it.
0: Under the compens- uh, compensation structure banner, for those that are in sales, if for some reason financial otherwise on the uh, on the books of the company, say they take away your your uh, your company car, you're thinking, okay, it's just a car. But I mean, we're talking the car now. You have to go out, you got to pay for a lease or a, a finance. You got gas, you got insurance. That could be a thousand bucks a month at least. You're in the hole for. It. Would that count?
1: Absolutely. You know, a car is valuable. Now, it is a lot of money to to buy or lease a car. Uh, unless you call my buddy uh, Greg Carrasco, here's a plug. Uh, but beyond right. that, no, in most most cases, it costs a lot of money, and, and it's going to reduce your take-home pay because now you're spending money on a car. So yes, even though the company is not reducing your salary, the net effect of what they're doing is that they're mm-hmm. reducing your compensation. You're going to take home less money. So yes, because of that, changing your car, taking your car, uh, now you have to go get your own. That is a big a big deal, and that could easily be a constructive dismissal.
0: You may have been constructively dismissed if you were demoted or had responsibilities taken away. Now, this one's kind of interesting because sometimes people think, oh, wow, same money. I get to do less, but there's more to it than that.
1: Absolutely. You know, when yeah. you, you have a right You have a right to your job. If you accept the job in a certain position, that is your job. Just like you can't go to your company and say, hey, I've decided I, I'm going to be in this position moving forward. <laughs> they can't decide to, just to put you in a different position. That's definitely true if it's a demotion, even if the salary stays the same. So if it's a lesser position, number one, you may lose prestige in the workplace. It may look bad. It may be something that's going to be difficult to, to explain. And also, it's going to potentially look bad for your, uh, for your future, future prospects. If you have a resume, now you're going to have a lesser position on that resume. And it's simply not what you agreed to, not what you accepted. So if a company demotes you, even if they say, well, keep the salary the same, but we're otherwise demoting you, that is a constructive dismissal. That is something you can treat as a termination. You don't have to accept it, John, even if the demotion does not come with the pay cut.
0: Your employer moved your workplace to a new location. That could be a constructive dismissal as well, I guess, depending on uh, you know distance.
1: Exactly. And and oftentimes people ask me, well, how far is too far? You know, is it five kilometers? Is it 50 kilometers? Well, it's not based on distance. It's not based on kilometers. It's based on how this is going to impact you. So the company may have moved 100 kilometers away, but if it happens to be now closer to your house, and so you're going to be easier for you to get there, that's Mm -hmm. not a constructive dismissal but if they or they may have moved 5 kilometers away but because of the location and the fact they used to take public transportation now it's going to take you an extra hour to get there that is absolutely a constructive dismissal so if the work location changed so that now you're spending much more time let's say an extra hour to get to and from work that is a big change that is a change that you may be able to treat as a constructive dismissal even if the company has a good reason to do it to the extent that it impacts you in a negative way, you don't have to accept it. So you can choose to accept it and start commuting to the new location. Or you can say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to treat this as a termination, leave, and make you my employer, pay me my full severance.
0: Before you do that, could you say, uh, "I'll try it out? You know, I got to take an extra bus. It might take me thirty minutes, but my kids in school. I might be able to hack it. Can you at least, you know, take it for a spin without committing?
1: Yes, and and usually that idea is true for any type of change. You are right. able to try it out to see how it works, to see how how you like it and what you think of it. But the important thing is, number one, tell your employer that that's what you're doing in writing. In writing, always, if it's not in writing, it does not exist, tell your employer that I'm going to try it out, I'm going to see how it goes, see how it impacts me, number one. And number two, you can really only try it out for a limited period of time, You know, maybe a couple of months, no more, as long as you put that in writing. Anything beyond that, even if you said you're only trying it out, you'll be considered to have accepted it, and then you're stuck.
0: You may have been constructively dismissed. We'll get to more of those points, so stick around for those. This could be you. In the meantime, you want to reach out, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. It's the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Employment Law Show continues. You want to reach out, simple, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. What we are talking about is this. You may have been constructively dismissed if... The next one is your work environment has become poisoned and your employer won't do anything about it, kind of like uh, the week that was you had at the beginning of the show.
1: Exactly, and that's exactly what it is. And this is a different type of constructive dismissal. It's not a change to the terms of employment per se. You're not being demoted. You're not having your pay cut or your benefits taken away. This is simply a situation where you're being mistreated or you're now working in a poisoned work environment. Well, a constructive dismissal also happens if the work environment or the work situation makes it difficult or very uncomfortable to continue working. In that situation, you can say, that's not what I bargained for. That's not why I took this job. I didn't take this job to be harassed. I didn't take this job to be in a poison work environment. And you can still then treat this as a constructive dismissal. You can still treat that as a termination and leave. The first remedy that's available to someone that's a victim of workplace harassment is constructive dismissal. Now, the, the good advice always is if you are, if you are being harassed is to, to give the company the opportunity to fix the problem, to let them know about it, to tell them here's what's happening and give them the ability to fix it, to investigate and hopefully rectify it. But if you've done that and nothing's happened or there's simply no possibility of doing that, you may be able to treat it uh, to treat it as a constructive dismissal right away. So whenever you're a victim of workplace harassment, always keep constructive dismissal in the back of your mind because, no, you shouldn't have to take it. You shouldn't have to go to work every day just to be harassed.
0: You may have been constructively dismissed if you were put on aha, the old temporary layoff.
1: Yes, and that is that is a, a a classic type of constructive dismissal. And think about it this way: we talked right at the, at the top of uh, this topic about pay reductions. And you know, if uh, your boss reduces your pay, well, that's a constructive dismissal. Well, a temporary layoff is also a type of pay reduction, except instead of a pay reduction, is a it's a pay elimination. So we've reduced your pay to zero. We've eliminated your pay, at least for a period of time. So, of course, that is a constructive dismissal. Therefore, a temporary layoff is a constructive dismissal in most cases. It's not legal. It's not something a company is allowed to do. If you've been laid off temporarily, you can treat that as a termination and leave with your full severance. Now, if you work on a, in an industry where that's a, 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 the natural thing, where you're, you're expected to be laid off, maybe construction or roofing or uh, pool installation or et cetera, then okay, that's fine. It's not a constructive dismissal. If the company's done it before and you let them do that, then that's yep. fine. But in most situations, if you've been laid off uh, temporarily, you can treat that as a termination. You don't have to sit at home, wait for them to call you back. You can say, give me my severance and move on to a different position.
0: Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. If you've never used it, check it out now. When we sit here and talk, you want to reach out, it's one as well. You may have been constructively dismissed if... Get the last one is this your hours of work or your work arrangements have been changed too?
1: Right. So yeah, hours of work, uh, your you know. your your shifts. Whether you work from home and now the company wants you to come in. You used to work day shifts. Now they want you to work night shift. Uh, you know you used to not work weekends. Now the company says you have to work weekends. Anytime your work arrangements, okay, have been changed now in, in in a way that's a negative way to you you may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Your job, the terms of your employment are the terms of your employment. And just like you can't change them, it would be absurd for you to come in and tell a company, just so you know, company, from now on I've decided I'm only going to work 9 to 5 instead of my regular shift. Bye, see, see you Monday. That would be absurd. But by the same token, it's just as illegal for a company to do that. The company doesn't get to decide to unilaterally change your hours, your shifts, your days of work. And if they do that, well, then your remedy is to say constructive dismissal. I've spoken with many people over the years that that's what's happened. I've spoken with people where they've been working from home for two days a week, and now the company wants them to come in five days. And, well, wait a second, I I liked working from home. That's kind of why I took this job. Well, no, if the company does that and you can't convince them to back off, you may be able to treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave with your full severance.
0: Now, with all these points we talked about over the last two segments when it comes to constructive dismissal, I guess, except for the workplace harassment and that type of thing where it's a poisoned work environment, all these you've got to be careful about letting them go because you can sometimes not go back at a certain point, right?
1: Exactly. If, oh. if the company changes the terms of your employment, pay, uh, hours, uh, compensation, demotion, and you continue working, you can't necessarily go back. You can try it, as we said, for a short period of time, but that, it's a short period of time. And if you continue working, it's as if you say, I agree and I accept. And then you may have also given the company the right to do it again. So not a good thing to do. Not a good thing to, uh, to walk away from this is a classic situation of you having to stand up for your right, for your job, and if you don't, you'll find out when it's too late that, that you can't do anything about it. So whenever you're, you're dealing with a possible constructive dismissal, if you're not sure what to do or if it is a constructive dismissal, we know you can call me, we know you can email me, but as I've said before, now you can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to find out if you've been constructively dismissed. No excuse not to stand up for your rights.
0: Well, you mentioned email, and that's where we're going to go to next for the uh, last few minutes of the show. Here it is, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and that phone number, 1-855-821-5900, the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Employment Law Show, it's right here, the number, 1-855-821-5900. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Again, we'll plug it again because it's new, and it's, uh, it's really cool. If you haven't checked it out yet, take some time with it. On your cell or your tablet, your desktop, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It is a, uh, a huge uh, source of information like having a pocket employment lawyer or pocket or employment lawyer rather in your pocket at all times. Really cool. And also the severance pay calculator part of that if you haven't gone there as well. Find out uh, what you're really owed. Emails. Here we go. Andrew, first one says, I'm on a disability leave and my employer has just been sold. Can I lose my LTD and what does it mean for me?
1: very important uh, question and, and, and a very common one, believe it or not. If, if you're, let's say you're off work, you're on a disability leave, and in the meantime, the company gets bought out or sold, etc., cetera, and, and now it's, there's a new company taking over. So let's, let's break this down. First of all, the easy thing is this. If you're on disability, the fact that the company has been bought or sold does not change that. You're still on disability. You can still continue to be on disability until you're cleared to return to work. So it shouldn't impact your, your payments that you're receiving from an insurance company in any way, shape, or form. So that's easy right there. But what's more interesting is about your employment status. So if you're uh, on, on a disability leave and the company is uh, is sold, unless... Unless you are contacted by the buyer and the buyer tells you that uh, I'm going to keep you on, then you can assume your employment has been terminated and you're owed your full severance Okay, because the company that you work for is no longer employing you and and you haven't been contacted or or hired on by the buyer. So you're owed your full severance. In most cases, the company that buys the business will take you on. And remember that if they do take you on, they in also inherit your service. So down the road, if they let you go, you are owed your full severance that accounts for the time with the previous company. Very important. If you're not sure what to do, if the business is sold, what your rights are, it can get some, sometimes tricky. Call me. Before you do anything, before you sign anything, call me. But with respect to disability leave, your disability benefits are not going to be impacted just because the business is sold.
0: You know, Side note to that one, though, you mentioned that the new company will inherit your service. You know that. Our listeners know that. Chances are the new company will be that savvy as well. What are the chances they're going to uh, slide a new employment agreement towards you and say, yeah, you know what, we're not going to recognize your old service, but we are going to keep you as an employee?
1: There's a decent chance, a pretty good chance that the company, the new company... Uh, will slide uh, or have you sign a new employment agreement. And the problem with that is by doing that, in that document, there could be things there that limit your future entitlements and that also make it so that they don't recognize your service. Very important, and you do not want to sign that. If If the new company that's buying the business is simply taking you on, you don't have to sign anything, that is the best case scenario. Yes, you heard me correctly. Not signing something is the best case scenario if they want you to sign an agreement, that's when you need to be worried. That's when you need to reach out to me because there's probably and very likely something in that agreement that's going to come back to bite you in the rear end at some point and you don't want to let that happen.
0: Steve, your email is up next. Steve says, I usually work around 50 hours of paid overtime a month. My company just decided to hire another employee. So from now on, I will have no overtime. Can they do that?
1: Well, that's a great question, and, and yeah. that's a, f- a type of pay reduction. Now, they're not reducing his pay. They're not even saying we're not going to pay you overtime if you work it. They're simply saying, "Good news, that eh? you're not going to have to work extra hours." Yeah. Well, if he has and he's worked those hours and that's become part of his compensation, by taking those hours away, they've changed his compensation, and we know what that is because we just talked about that. That's a constructive dismissal. So. John, they're not reducing his pay. They're not changing the terms of his employment, really, Oh, they're simply saying from now on, we're not gonna need you to work these extra overtime hours. Well, because it's consistent for him, because he's been working those 50 hours, et cetera, he is going to make less money, and that is a constructive dismissal. The company may have a good reason to do that. Financially, it may make sense for them to hire another employee than uh-huh. to pay overtime to, to other people. And that's fine, but it still doesn't change the fact that his compensation is going to be reduced. He, he's going to be able to quantify that. Maybe it's $2,000 a year, maybe it's $10,000 a year, whatever it is, it's a pay reduction. And anytime we talk about less money, less compensation, we have to think constructive dismissal. So I want him to, to call me. Let's sit down and have a more in-depth discussion. What he's described sounds as a constructive dismissal. I
0: think we've got enough time to slide. Leanne's uh, email in here says, My boss announced that a uh, company I work for is likely to shut down in the next year or so. Can I quit and get severance?
1: The, the short answer is no, you cannot. Even though the, the company uh, is going to be shut down, you're going to be without a job. You, you can quit, not a problem, you can quit anytime, but you will not get severance. Even though they were going to terminate you at some point, Leanne, if you leave before your last day, before the company has actually terminated your employment, that's a resignation. You're not gonna be owed severance. You may decide to do that anyway. You may have a great opportunity somewhere and you wanna take that, makes perfect sense to me. But you have to understand that if you leave before the company pays you, uh, before the company shuts down the doors, before they let you go, you've resigned and you're not owed anything.
0: Would Leanne be able to go in and say, hey, guys, I know you're shutting her down. Could we come to some sort of agreement? You know, I'm just, you know, I'm whatever age or I've had this many years of service. Would she, could she try that? And would they be likely to bite at her?
1: She can. And, and if she kind of... Uh, as willing to negotiate something that makes sense, they may right. well be willing to do that. There's no downside to trying to do that as long as you don't resign. I, I encourage people to do that. Reach out to them, and make sure it all gets to be put in writing. And, and that sometimes is a good out for both the company and the employee.
0: Well, I uh, will take it from there for uh, for another week. Here's the way to reach out. Now that we're done, it is help at employmentlawyer.ca one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's the phone number, and we talked about it a few times. That is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Basically, everything you need to know just before you make that phone call. Leorn and his staff is right there at that particular uh, particular uh, website now. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Till next time, the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio.